This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanol, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveler, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. Too often, we can get too caught up in living in the moment that we don't think about our future, our financial future to be exact. For our next guest, learning about superannuation and thinking about her financial future used to be the last thing on her mind until she discovered that Australian super funds are investing billions of dollars into industries that harm, pollute and kill. I'm so excited to welcome Alex Andrews onto the show today. Alex is the co-founder and COO of Verve Super, Australia's first ethical super fund for women by women. In this episode, we dive deep into the nitty-gritty of how Alex co-founded Verve Super where exactly our money is being invested and how we can get more savvy about our financial future. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado... Here is my conversation with the brilliant Alex Andrews. Alex, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Oh, it's so great to be here. It's so nice to meet you after hearing you oh. and to see a face to the voice. Oh my goodness, that makes you, that makes me feel so great. No, we're so excited to have you. And look, I mean, you and I connected recently over LinkedIn. And when I looked into you and all the awesome stuff you're doing now at Verve Super, you know, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, no worries. It's a be- yeah, it's wonderful to be here. It's amazing to have a chance to talk about our journeys and, um, you know, where possible inspire others. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm, I'm one of the three co-founders of Verve Super, which is Australia's ethical super fund for women by women, the first of our kind. And I am, I'm the, the chief operating officer, so the COO, and I work really closely with an amazing team of women. Um, we launched a year ago, so we had our birthday yesterday, actually. Um, and so, yeah, we're just, we're a fund. Basically what we do is we invest women's money, um, in things that are better for the planet and for the community. So we don't invest in fossil fuels, 
guns, tobacco. Um, instead, we look at things like renewables and healthcare and education. And we also, obviously, for for um, people who aren't aware, women are retiring with almost half the super of men. And so what we wanted to do was to create a, a consumer voice for women and a space for them to have a voice in superannuation because really this is where things like the pay gap and um, and you know wage like wage inequality and and taking time out of the workforce to care for for family really comes to compound in those final years so that's my role that's what I do in in my everyday um and I I would just say a little bit about me I I live in Byron Bay um I spend my time between Melbourne and and Byron um and I'm a I'm a feminist I've started a feminist organization um not-for-profit called Get Hairy February. And I, yeah, I'm just, I'm a really passionate, uh, I guess, female entrepreneur. Oh, I love it. And you so are, Alex. I, I cannot wait to dive deeper into the work that you're doing and all the phenomenal things that you've created. But before we do, I want to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what did your parents do? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Oh, such a good question. So it has deeply affected um, how I, I think how, not so much what I do, but definitely how I do it. So um, actually, no, it definitely impacts what I do because my mum, I've watched my mum work. She works in IT. Um, She didn't finish school. She left school when she was 15. Um, She grew up kind of in a caravan park in Queensland and um, moved to Melbourne and started work uh, in, in an IT company just before the IT industry started to boom and she has worked for for 40 years and she is now retiring with only a quarter of what she needs to to retire in her superannuation and I didn't understand how uh, a woman who has worked tire- like tirelessly and, and almost took no time out of the workforce to care for me as a young child she always had um, you know additional care and was was working how she could even in her position be retiring with not enough superannuation, and that was a huge inspiration for me to to start Verve and and, and to really you know work to empower women um, and to see them thrive in their careers, so that when they're in retirement, whether their careers are in the home and unpaid, or if they are in the workplace. How are we supporting them in their most vulnerable years? So that's definitely impacted me. And then also, you know, she, her tenacity and her drive without formal education. I'm really fortunate. I have tertiary education. I finished school. Um, But how to just keep learning. She found learning in so many other ways. And I think that that's really inspirational that it doesn't have to come from university and it doesn't have to come from books. It can come from life experience. It's just you've got to pursue um, a culture of learning in your own life and the pursuit of that. So it absolutely has has inspired me. Mm. Huge. Oh, my goodness. I love this. And I think I asked that question because of this reason. It's like, you know, we look up when we're young, the first people we look up to are our parents. And even when we're older, I feel like we still look at them and go, oh, my goodness, you're you're such a strong figure in my life. And it's so interesting to hear that your mum literally went through or is going through, I guess, now what so many women face. And I think that's why even for me when I was looking into Verbo and I heard about it, I heard about it for a while now, and when I was looking deeper in in it before today's interview, I just kind of thought – how has this not been created before? Like this is like it's it's incredible that I guess the the statistics around this stuff and and it's just it's so cool what you guys are doing today. So I love that. 
Okay, so look, I want to dive a bit deeper into Alex the early years. So, you know, when you were up in Queensland, I'm guessing you grew up there. You know, what was life like for you? Did you love to build things? Were you always entrepreneurial? Like, what was that time like for you? I actually, I'm from Melbourne. Oh, you're from <laughs> Melbourne? Oh, yeah, sorry. no, but I, I moved. I moved because I wanted to um, create more balance in my life. So, um, but I'm definitely a Melbourne girl at heart. I get, yeah, I, I love being back here, and I love that I can kind of I split my time between the two. It's, I'm really lucky. But what was I like as a child? I, I, I was definitely. I was always. I think what the, the theme that really plays out in both my childhood and then also into kind of loving startup life and loving working in businesses that are um, really challenging the status quo is I was always a disruptor. Um, Whether I was disrupting a classroom or a process at school or I always wanted to know why the rules existed and I wanted to, like, I really wanted to understand why systems were created and whether or not they had a place in my life at the time and that could be why does my skirt have to be a certain length or why why like why are we doing this particular task it doesn't seem to relate you know so I definitely was a disruptor and I think playing out in terms of the the businesses that excite me and the initiatives that excite me it's anything that is um, really helping our our society transform it's it's disruption for the purpose of transformation Um, and that's that's what I see Verve as doing and it's what excites me in in my everyday life and I see that as a as a child that was quite um that was challenging because people don't really want to hear that from a 10 year old you know and then they kind of tell you to get back in your box and I just always felt like an adult I just I always felt like a grown-up I never wanted to play with the kids I didn't watch cartoons I I just was I was ready I was like I'm good to go um (laughs) day one from day one I was like I was like what's this this child's play and um and I think I really thrived when I had that kind of something to disrupt and to you know challenge and and I think that's definitely played out in my in my career Mm, huge I love that okay and so after those kind of formative years and being disrupted as a child you ended up you know going to study law and psychology at ANU you know where did the decision to study law and, and, and psychology come from was it and I guess, how was that time there? You lived in Melbourne and moved to Canberra. What was that time like for you? Yeah, it was really, um, it was it was amazing. It was really exciting. And again, I'm incredibly fortunate and privileged to have the opportunity to study at such a, an amazing an amazing university, like recognised um, internationally. And I, I look, looking back on it, I think about law and I think, gosh, I don't really like rules very much. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't, what am I doing here? Um, and I really, I, I still think that. Like, what, what, what was I thinking? But it puts, it's such a strong foundation um, to to build off. That time was really exciting. I, um, I, I stayed at, like, I lived on campus, and and I just met, I met people that I'm still incredibly close with today. And and I think psychology has has played an incredibly important part in what uh, I do and how I see uh, the role of business shaping society. And I think I. Understood and, and I learned how how societies are, um, you know, constructed by our collective psychology and, and mindset, and then how we can use business to shift that. So, I I really see, you know, for me personally, when I think about that time, I think it was all part. Every step of the journey is a step you need to take to be the person that you are today. So, I I definitely think. Oh, 
you know, maybe that decision wasn't so, you know, law wasn't, wasn't going to be my calling. It was never going to be my calling. But I think it was part of creating um, where I am now, mm. without a doubt. Huge. And I... I couldn't agree more. I think so many of us, you know, we come out of high school, we're just kind of, there's all these options of what we can do. We, most of us don't really know, you know, we, we're not that old. We don't really know. And we kind of choose this degree or these degrees and we go run with it. You know, I think the misconception often is though that those degrees you have to, when you finish, you have to go out into the field and like become a lawyer for you. For me, it was finance. Go and go and do that. And it's just, you know, I think it's, it, it often doesn't lead to, I guess, a level of fulfilment that you would would most likely want to have at work. You know, what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who are wrestling with this right now? You know, they've done these years of studies and in a particular field, and now they're kind of looking out there into the working world and going, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what advice I'd give is um, just take a step back and take like I think remove some of the pressure I remember I was sitting in the library with all my friends were you know typing um, applications to different you know professional services firms and law firms and you know to to do internships and that sort of thing and I I just I was so unmotivated Mm. I was like I can't think of anything worse I've just gone from being in one institution where I've had like you know certain uh, milestones to reach you know get through first year get through second year and uh I just couldn't bear the thought of entering another, like, like kind of just being churned through, even if it was churned through in a professional services firm where I was learning. And, you know, I, I, so if you are feeling that, just step back and um, I would say look into what you love and if you can, just reach out, get see if you can get in touch with somebody in that industry, ask questions, make connections. Um, you know, people are really, they are often eager to help, especially if they've been successful. I think, you know, saying that it's, it's not about, um, it's not about... <sighs> It's not about like free mentor- mentorships. I think that's like a whole other issue and it's really being talked a lot about at the moment. But just dig a little deeper and see what kind of – what evolves for you. And I, I really I really believe that um, if you can clear out your own – I know this might sound a little bit esoteric, but if you can clear out your own um, barriers and your own fears that I'm going to be left behind or I don't have enough or how am I ever going to earn money making – like bracelets or, you know, if you can clear out those fears and listen to what you really want, you actually have the answers. You already have the answers. And I think once I did that, things changed dramatically. And before that, I kind of, I, I kind of pushed and challenged and I didn't understand why I didn't fit and it wasn't comfortable. And until I let go of those expectations and just decided to be led by my own, like what excited me, I don't, and I don't know if that's like particularly practical advice, but it, if you can remove those fears and hone in on what, what is your truth and your passion it, it will lead, it will support you and it will support you financially and it will support you in terms of your like enjoyment and it will, it will just, it will follow. Mm-hmm. Does that help? I don't know. If- oh, so helpful. No, no, no. Honestly, I'm, I'm literally listening and nodding my head furiously and not, no one can see me because we're on a <laughs> podcast, but um, everything you're saying. And I just think it's, it's so important that it, you know, 
that it's said because so many of us just kind of go through and we just, we do, we turn through things and we're onto the next place and in the next institution and we're just following the next step in life and whatnot. And I think it is only when we take that moment and we take that step back that we can really kind of centre ourselves. And I loved how you did say that the answers, you already have the answers and that just, oh, it, it could not be more true. So what was that time like for you then? So when you graduated, you know, the big world entered the big wide world, you know, you, I think your first, I think it was actually when you were at university, you started working in the super industry at Future Super. Yeah. You know, what was this time like for you? Did this kind of give you an idea of what you wanted to do after or how did that play out? Yeah, I had, um, it's so interesting kind of being taken back to the beginning and, um, yeah, it's it's it, it was inc- it was incredibly formative. So I I made that kind of choice. I'm not going to apply for these you know cadetship internship things. Um, and I met someone who became incredibly influential in in my life and still is today. And his name's Danny Almagore. And he started Small Giants. And Small Giants is it's kind of it's a family office where they they invest in impact impact businesses and he and I went to a lecture one afternoon and in in a course that I wasn't even supposed to be doing it was like a vice chancellor's course and he um he got up and he drew this bell curve I wasn't even going to go to lecture I was like it's a five o'clock lecture I was like why are you people making me go to a lecture at five o'clock I don't want to go to a lecture at five o'clock I want to go out for pizza um and but I went and I sat down and he drew a bell curve on the whiteboard and I was like who is this chump like I don't because you know he just looked very casual and he was just like chatty and but he drew this bell curve and it was basically about superannuation and it was about this is this bell curve of, of money and this is where it's centered and right now it is being invested in things like fossil fuels. It's invested in these industries that are causing harm. And then he drew another bell curve right next to it of what it would look like if we shifted that capital and we invested it in things that were more positive for society. Because I had never even, I'd never heard of superannuation, let alone the power and the capacity behind this this is money that everyday Australians have. I had some already at that point. My mum had some. My friends had some. We could all move this money and we could shape society. And I remember just getting tunnel vision because like, it's what he said hit in a place that I cannot – it was so, um, so pivotal in my journey. And I didn't know at the time really what that even meant, but it – I was like, okay, cool. I've got to do that. Like that. I have to shift capital. And at the end of the lecture, the, the um, like assisting coordinator, it's like, is anyone driving to the airport? Like, Danny needs a lift. Um, and and I was like, yep, I am. <laughs> and I was actually going out for dinner with my friend. He was downstairs ready to pick me up. Um, and I was I got into the car and I said, look, don't ask questions. We're driving to the airport. Now, lucky the airport's actually very close to the ANU campus <laughs> in Canberra. Um, and uh, by the time we got there, I had a three-month internship with, with Small Giants and Danny Elmgore. So, um, and, and through that journey, like I, I was exposed to Impact Business and, and B Corp. And I, you know, really saw this world of people who would, you know, creating businesses as a force for good. And I was like, oh, that's it. No turning back. Done. Um, And, you know, then from that moment, I kind of, 
I really was like, I'm not going to go back to school. And Danny kind of doesn't believe in education. He's like, don't finish your law degree. Just stay here with us. Um, and I, uh, upon some other advice, I went back to finish. But within four months, I met, um, I actually already met Simon and Adam from Future Super. And I was just like, these guys are moving the bell curve. Like, that's what they're doing. That's part of what they're doing. And then I, it was pretty It was pretty quick. I just, I started with them. I was supposed to start doing five hours every two, three days, like two or three days a week. Um, and then they launched the fund and it was, I was there full time working, you know, eight till eight, trying to finish my degree. Um, and, you, you know, and I and that was when I saw just so many women like transferring seven super funds, and you know really struggle like who had taken time out of the work. But you know that's when I saw the issue of okay, this is not this is obviously yes, it's important that we move that bell curve. But who's in that bell curve? What does it represent? And who has the most control over it? And why don't we have equal control? And and those questions really started to arise. So I can't even remember your question (laughs) but (laughs) I can't remember either to be honest I'm so into this but no I think it's just it's I think my question was around oh I don't even remember I think it was like how did you come to do it it makes sense now yeah okay future super how did I get to future super how did I land there that's That's right well done well done only took us three minutes I was like telling this story it's a a nice little story but where was I going I was so captivated (laughs) oh because I I mean like I that's a story of when I just followed what excited me and it was that like I had no idea who this person was when he was drawing that bell curve and I still didn't really at the end of it because he was just talking about the possibility of impact business and I had no but I just felt like an like an actual pull a physical pull towards it and I think if you you know if you can listen to those moments and and go with it that you know, that's how I wound up at, at Future Super and then that's how I kind of discovered this issue for women and, and you know, really started to understand that and, and, you know, gain the insight and the networks that we needed to create Verve and it just, you know, I met my co-founder there and it's, so it's just one thing leads to another and if you're kind of always following that pursuit of what excites you, um, I, I truly believe you'll, you'll, you'll land on your feet and you'll find something that you love, mm. you know. Such good advice. How can we become more in tune with ourselves and find that thing? Like, how can we really listen? Yeah, um, I think I think there are a few ways. I, for me personally, um, in that time, I kind of I, I ended up having to leave Future Super because I experienced kind of my own health crisis, and um, that was you know an incredibly challenging time and. I, I had to quit this job that I loved so much. I had to move from Canberra to Melbourne and, and move back in with family because I couldn't really, couldn't care for myself, um, you know, as at the time. And um, through that, so, you know, I can't, how I listen to myself d- relates deeply to that journey of, of experiencing kind of a, a health crisis. And I, for me now, I, you know, practiced a lot of yoga, meditation. Um, I now live by the ocean. I think being out in nature is is an incredibly important way. I mean, you, not everyone can do that. So just finding spaces and places where you can look at a, at a natural landscape and you can be, you know, in fresh air and, um, I, 
I, I think that really connecting with what your body is trying to tell you um, and and being like once you start to listen, it's very loud and it really mm, it tells is. you like very. It doesn't shut it up. It doesn't yeah. shut yeah. up. And then you're like, oh, my hip feels a bit funny today. Like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, oh, I ate one cracker that my body didn't like. And I wonder what that's trying to tell me. Why am I sensitive? You know, and then it's just like really loud and you have to listen to it all the time. But it's, yeah. but, but then it's also, a, yes. you know, I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but uh, yeah. yeah. So I, but I think that cultivating that practice mm. um, in whatever form it is, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whether it's being out in nature, whether it's surfing, mm. whether it's, you know, um, hiking. I love beach walks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, beach walks. Just, just get your feet on the love sand. Them. Literally. Even if it's freezing cold, I literally just walk on the water, it pretty much almost in but not, yep. and across. And it just oh. works wonders. Like – yeah. And an open landscape, I just think, especially when, you know, if you are someone who, you know, is working on a business or, you know, you're kind of, you're very, very focused. And if you think about that focus being um, so kind of linear, it's not at all expansive. So I think that finding ways to bring that expansiveness into your, whether it's daily or as often as you can, um, it just, it helps you create perspective and then through that perspective reconnect with what's important to you and and then you know so I as I said it's 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 I think it's incredibly personal but finding whatever way it is that enables you to listen more to your to your body and to your whole self um you know that that is that's the only thing that for me I think if you can do that then you get out of your own way and you actually harness all of your intelligence you know we are um we are not just like our our intellect goes beyond just our you know our, our mind and it's it's our whole body and it's it's our whole energy and so I think you know, you can be the most effective version of yourself when you're harnessing all of that. Oh, so well said, Alex. And I, I honestly couldn't agree more. You've just hit the nail on the head. I think so many of us need to listen to these things because we can get so so caught up. You know, life is busy, whether we're studying, whether we're, we're working full time, whatever, whether we're trying to start businesses or startups, you know, things can get crazy and we can get up in our heads about so many things. I think there's such a value in just taking that time out and just, yeah, so, so well said there. So, look, I want to dive a bit deeper into then the progression of that. So you fell sick, which was obviously very unfortunate. I had to leave that job at Future Super. You know, how did you pick yourself back up and kind of keep going and, and navigate your way through to, I guess, I think it was not long after that, it was Verb Super. Yeah. 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 So um, how did I how did I pick myself up? You know, I, I had an amazing support system. I had family and um, – and friends who who helped me, but I, I really honestly just think I I dropped a lot of um, a, a lot of the conception of what I thought I should be doing, um, and I, you know I thought at Future Super that I would be there for a long time and contribute um, to that mission for a long time, and I found that really hard to let go of because it's like how can I have found this amazing this amazing group of people shifting the bell curve like they're doing the bell curve. <laughs> The bell curve. I, I thought I found my passion when I saw the bell curve, yeah. and you're telling me I can't. And I was like, to my body, you're telling me I can't do my passion. Yeah. What's going on? Um, and and I really think, you know, and this is where I kind of come back to uh, where we started, which is if you can let go of your fear, and if you can find that um, 
you know, release that, you know, those expectations that you have on yourself, everything just becomes a lot easier. And that's truly what happened. So I, I did find my passion um, at Future Super, but my expression of that passion is verve. And I, but if, and if I hadn't have gone through, you know, that journey, the intention and the connection, particularly to women um, that I have now, would I wouldn't be able to put that into verve. And I think what we see now in what we've created is, and the community that we've attracted, it's just this this group. A lot, you know, over like between five and ten percent of our members all run their own business. You know, these are women that are crafting the next generation of our, you know, like the, the next level of our society. These small businesses, these meet like women entrepreneurs. These are incredibly engaged women, and I think that if 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 I hadn't have experienced that journey, then the way we would have created Verve and what we would have attracted would have been quite different um, because in shedding a lot of that kind of expectation and fear, uh, we created this real just a space for people to, um, you know, not only invest their their capital, like their, their financial capital, but, their, you know, their their social capital and their connection to their their, their financial independence. And, um, and I, I just really, I see that relationship of, you know, I had to walk that path, but then I did have to leave and I did have to take that time to, to clear my own fears and my own, you know, kind of harmful expectations or, or limiting expectations expectations so that then um, really, you know, when Christina, who's the CEO of Verve um, and and my co-founder and Zoe kind of, we came together, it was just this amazing time for all three of us of, um, and for very different reasons, but, you know, this is the birth of this uh, company and this mission and, you know, bringing that into fruition was just, it was, it was, it was perfect. Mm. Uh, and, and it has been, you know, there's obviously it's been challenging. It's been yeah. really hard yeah. um, because starting <laughs> we'll a business, you know, starting a business is, is not easy. And, um, but for the most part, we have always felt that flow and we've always felt that support of a community that really, you know, not only has, have we created a space for it, but it's created a space for us. And it's this, so, you know, I, I really see that as being just, you know, upon reflection and it's so nice to gosh everyone should just have this chat with you it's just, it's a really nice moment of reflection i'm um, so glad to hear it is i had one guest say to me one time oh you must just have so many people pour their hearts out to you yeah. <laughs> I, know. Well, I mean you know it's not every day that no. you do this. but yeah so yeah. and i think you know every moment of that journey upon reflection is just so pivotal to, to to what we created with verb and to where i am today mm. so yeah huge i couldn't agree more i think I think one thing that really stuck with me during throughout that is when you said you have to shed your limiting beliefs. I think that for me rung so so truly. I think so many of us hold this perception of ourselves or what we think we should be. You know, we we think that for you, you found your passionate. You know, before you started your company, and you thought um, it's, uh, this company is the company that I've got to be at. I've got to dedicate my life to this. This is it. But then life happens, and things happen that come in you know, that shake shake up everything. And sometimes I think we feel then, oh no, well that's what I was supposed to be doing. So how how can I do anything else? You know, how can we grow to shed our limiting beliefs? Oh, absolutely. I I also think that it was like. I I didn't I had I did have a resistance to starting things as well because I thought you know I don't want to go out there and start things that already exist and you know starting things is not easy so it's you there is I that's why I I 
I got the benefit of being in a startup because I think that was always what I, always the kind of what I what I wanted and what kind of really um, sat well with me and my personality. Um, but I didn't have all the responsibility of, of starting it. So I was like, I have just got the golden ticket. This is great. And and I think, you know, shedding your – shedding kind of those limiting beliefs, um, it's it's – for me, again, it was so connected to um, like my period of, of, of illness and, and that my body just actually couldn't do any – it just – I couldn't – so I had to not only – my limiting beliefs were why can't you – um, get up because I, you know, chronic fatigue was part of it. But um, why can't you get up and go to this meeting, or why can't you get up and do two meetings? Or so they was it was it was so like that at that time that was a limiting belief. So and I just had no other option. At some point, I I just had to allow like to change the direction of the command so instead of it being my mind saying you must you know work really hard and you must you know be always learning and you know building in your career and growing in that sense to okay what do I have capacity for today okay what do I need today to be nourished and whole and and bring my best self to the table and gradually there was more you know, okay, what do I have today? Oh, okay, I can do two meetings. Oh, okay. Okay, I can travel and do a meeting. You know, and I still operate that way. Like change the dialogue. Go from being um, a commander to being a listener. Like become an active listener of your yourself. Like start there. <laughs> and because expectations are commands. Like you should be able to. You should know more by now. You should have started this company by now. You should have more degrees by now. You should have more money by now. You, you know, like, okay, well, what do I want to learn? What, what, like, what would money serve in my life right now? Like, be an inquirer, not a commander. Like, that would be number one. Oh, People can't see me as I, as I said before. <laughs> There's I'm nodding. Like, so much nodding going on, but I just could not agree more. I think um, I think you just nailed you just nailed that. Wow. I mean, is that do you? I mean, how does that fit for you? Does that oh, is that like huge? Yeah. Hugely. I think for me, I I've always in the past I used to be. You've got to get the study done. You've got to finish those degrees. You've got to, you know. Get your high-powered corporate job. You've got to do this. You, you have to was the way I told myself. Yeah. And it wasn't literally, as you said, it wasn't until I changed that word, those words, how I spoke to myself, how I changed, how I saw things. Through that space, through making space and room for that, did things start to flow. In a, it's a different energy. I, I can't even explain it. It's like things just, as you said, start to fall into place weirdly. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, you find yourself in a position where you're like, oh, I'm actually starting this thing. That's actually quite impactful, mm. you know. And I think something I'm so interested to know, to learn more about from you is after you fell into that flow and you made the decision and you were like, wow, Verve is it. Verve Super is the thing. You know, I'd love to dive into those early days of the hardship and the grind and the struggle because I think it's one thing to fall into flow and then it's another to keep going yep. with what feels right. Yeah, yeah. I th This difference is something that I talk 
that I talk a lot about mm. and what is um, – talk a lot about – you know, I think a lot about <laughs> – who am I talking to about this? Um, no, but I, Me. You. <laughs> no, but I um, – that resistance, like is it good resistance or is it resistance like I need to move on? Because things can be right but still hard and that just yeah. – being really clear about when people talk about being in flow and everything's easy and nah, 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 nah. no, like flow is, you know, you're in the right place because you are listening, you are being an inquirer, but that doesn't mean that you won't face challenges because that's growth and you want growth and it, that's where the transformation happens. But there is always, um, not, a, there's always a challenge. And in any story, like, you know, in any hero's journey, like the challenge is part of flow. It's just not the f- super fun part that we like to talk about. So you're absolutely right. And being able to know the difference is where the sweet spot is. And that's the, that's the magic. And there definitely was those moments with Verve. I mean, you know, we, we came together very easily and with, you know, real, like real flow. And we really, you know, I, I work so closely with my co-founders and we often have, we arrive at the same destination very quickly in terms of where we're going with a problem or, you know, a particular um, opportunity. Yet we come from in very different angles. So we, we kind of have to, we, we go through this journey of, of, okay, well, like actually arriving at the same destination at the same you know, at the same time. And um, if that makes sense, it's just kind of there's definitely a process to that. And and then also just, you know, starting a business when we started really with two and a half people. So, you know, um, one of my co-founders has small children and she she works part-time, Zoe Lamont. And she, you know, so, and we're, we're often, you know, I'm in Byron and Christina's in Melbourne and Zoe's in Wagga. And so we, we, we have a remote business and we love that we can offer people that, you know, work, you know, they work where they, where they love and where they love to be. Um, and so for us, you know, there were absolute challenges, you know, just practically, what is it like to just work really hard? Because you've, got a you've got not enough people and not enough money and not enough resources and you but you believe in something so much and you can see the you can see the possible impact of it and you just you know you have to keep going um but in those times like the flow helps you keep going you know the the momentum of it being the right thing at the right time helps you keep going so um yeah i mean i can yeah there's definitely some nitty-gritty moments in there for us but um but I think knowing the difference of this is really hard, um, but it's really important that I I keep going um, rather than this is really hard and it doesn't feel right and I shouldn't be here. And this is not, you know, my, my gut's telling me that, that this is not, you know, this is not where I should be. Having, having that knowledge and knowing the difference, that will save you years and so much sweat and tears. Um, and it will also help you to grow and transform because if you can move through that, you know, Verve is a result of that of that growth and, and transformation. Mm. Absolutely awesome. And I, I genuinely could not agree more. I feel like so much in today's episode is just me nodding my head and going, yes, 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 Alex. It's so cool to have these kind of deep chats and just get into this. Well, look, as we come to the close of, of today's episode, oh my goodness, what you've built with Verb, where do I even begin? You know, you started about a year and a bit ago. 
It's, Verve has absolutely flourished. It is everywhere. As I said, I heard about you guys, not through you, just I think I saw it on LinkedIn or somewhere. It's it's just really blown up. You know, the impact you are making in so many women's lives and that you will continue to make in, as you grow is just ph- phenomenal. You guys remain Australia's first and only super fun for women by women. Look, Alex, what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who have big goals and big dreams and big ambitions? But, you know, they, they, maybe they have an idea of what they're passionate about and what they want to do, but they're scared. You know, they're scared to sc- start. They're scared of failure. What advice would you give to them? I'd say, <laughs> I'd say, where's your superannuation? Uh, and have you thought about your um, retirement? No. <laughs> Clearly. No, I mean no, genuinely. So so there's there's two <laughs> there's two parts to that. I'll I'll do part one, um, which is that, you know, as I said, so many of our members run their own business and they have bold dreams and they are just you know, incredibly creative and entrepreneurial women and they're um you know, they're working for themselves and they're building a business. Um, but they they don't often think about their their future. And their financial future. And because, you know, when you work in a regular nine to five job, you have someone pays your superannuation, you don't ever see it and you don't, you're not at all connected to it. And I think, you know, I could do a whole other conversation around our relationship to money and our connection, our connection to money, but superannuation and our future you, like future you, we are so disconnected from that in, in our, you know, in, in that kind of mainstream working life, because in, in most instances, it just happens and you don't see it. Right. But if you are someone who has big dreams and you are going there out there to start something new or you are are looking at freelancing or kind of you know being a digital nomad if you if you have those big dreams where it might not be traditional work for you like 9 to 5 standard company kind of thing then thinking about like th- like investing in your future financially along the way while you chase a bold dream is still really important and it's kind of that it's that self-care it's that financial self-care and I think so I I truly do so now because I know firsthand how many women start their own business and do not and and people start their own business you know not just women and men like anyone who starts their own business who um, or their own gig or you know starts freelance they they don't pay themselves and they don't pay future them. So I, I genuinely would say thinking about how you're putting effort into your um, or, or thought into your kind of financial well-being and your well-being, in, you know, generally as well, because chasing big dreams is it, it's, it can be challenging and you are on that course of, of you know, big growth. So and, and that, you know, looking after yourself on all levels is really important. So that would be advice number one. So Advice number two for people who are scared, um, I, th- I think I, – I really think that for, for me what has worked is um, building a really strong support network. So you have the people around you who when you – when the hope is too heavy to bear, who will hold that hope for you because um, – there will be moments that are very challenging. And then I would also say, whatever that fear is, it's not enough. Like, or ask yourself, is it enough? Do I want to, like, end my time on, you know, do I want to lie on my deathbed and think, um, 
you know, if I had, like, if I hadn't have, if I had have done that, you know, would I have, you know, succeeded? Do you want to have that question? Are you happy? Because sometimes you might be okay. Like, yeah, I'm okay to ask, you know, was I a famous actor? Mm, you know, should I have done that? Mm, I'm actually okay with my life and how I did it. You know, like really how much do you want something? And then, and then, and then decide in that moment, like do not let it hang over you. Um, because if you're being called to do something right now, it's because it is the time and you need to leap and it you do not do not hold yourself back because of fear. So ask that question, like, am I okay with not doing this? And if the answer is no, I'm not okay, then you need to release that fear. You need to write it down on a piece of paper and burn it up. You need to like, you know, go to the ocean and like let it go, You like not by littering, but, you know, like you've got to let it go and you've got to really um, take the leap and and take away those limiting expectations and rely on that support network and then just get to work. Make it happen. Make it happen. There you go. Wow. So well said again. So amazing. Look, Alex, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the brilliant work you've done and that you're doing for showing us that if we are in flow, if we listen to ourselves, things will fall into place. We will get there. We will get to where we want to go, even if it does take us a little bit longer and, you know, go through maybe a little bit more pain. And for that, we really appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was so, this was so nice. Oh, love it. I would do this again. I do this every day of the week. Bring you back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that psychology degree. I yeah. <laughs> Kept going. No, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, look, our final question is how we finish all of our interviews here at the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Connection. Connection. Connection to yourself, connection to others, connection to purpose. And if that is, the, that is you know, such a crucial element of the human condition is, is to feel connection. And I think when you follow your passion and you follow your, I mean, it's your truth. So when you follow your truth, you find connection and and that's what it means to be human. Alex, ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness, we've had a blast. Thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you and Verve Super? So Verve Super, www.vervesuper.com.au. Joining takes about two minutes. Um, we would love to have you, love to have the peer to peers audience with us. Um, and me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Alex Andrews. Perfect. We'll link them up in the show notes. Thanks again, Alex. Oh, thank you. It was so fun. I loved it. Yay. So great. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram 
at The Peers Project. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.